What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. Welcome, and thanks for listening to Talkin' Fit. I appreciate it. Today, we're going to be doing a question and answer uh, episode. This is going to be part one. So basically, I posted on my free Facebook community, uh, The Consistency Crew. I uh, basically asked everyone, all 280 members, uh, to drop some questions uh, and you know for different topics, for podcasts, things that they want to know about, and things that I feel you know can also help other people who aren't in the group. Um, again, if you guys are not in the Consistency Facebook group, the free community that I run on Facebook, just uh, go to the link in the show notes and you can join, like I said, totally for free and you can get your questions answered. You can interact with me one-on-one and just kind of be around a lot of other like-minded people who have similar weight loss goals, similar fitness goals. And a lot of people on there are also a former or, or current clients, so they can also uh, give some good feedback on what to do uh, if you're struggling right now. So anyway, when it gets to the questions, and like I said, I'm, I don't know how many parts this is going to be because I did get a lot of really good questions that all require some pretty in-depth answers. So I will get to as many as I can right now and try to keep this under 30 minutes. And then I'll just release them in multiple parts. So let's see, where do we want to start? Let's go with Kara's question. So Kara's question is, I'm not sure if this is a topic that would interest the masses. I don't know how many, how, uh, I don't know what the masses are because it probably only a handful of people listen to this right now, but not sure if this is a topic that would interest the masses, but when you're not in a calorie deficit versus when you are, sorry, so uh, not sure if this is a topic that would interest the masses. I had to just make sure the question was worded correctly, so I paused the recording for a second. Not sure if this is a topic that would interest the masses, but changes you can expect to see, feel when you're not in a calorie deficit versus when you are in a calorie deficit. So uh, basically what Kara's asking is, what is the difference in you know body composition, changes you see in the mirror, overall just differences you'll notice in your life when you're in a calorie deficit versus when you are not in a calorie deficit. So this is uh, like pretty much every question on here, this is going to be an it depends uh, sort of situation. Uh, basically it really depends on what your nutrition is like when you're in a calorie deficit versus when you're not. So. Uh, for example, if when you go into a calorie deficit, you tend to eat under eat and not eat a lot. And it, when you're in a calorie deficit, maybe you're focusing too much on eating clean versus being flexible. And then you go to not being in a calorie deficit and you start eating whatever you want. You will notice some differences and as a, in terms of like maybe how you feel. So if you go from eating chicken and broccoli to eating McDonald's, you're probably going to uh, notice you know differences in your digestion, energy and all that stuff. So that's like an extreme example, meaning if, uh, you know, when you're in a calorie deficit, you're eating clean versus when you're not, you're eating like crap. So what I'm going to do is go more along the line of, let's say the diets are the same in terms of food quality. So let's say you're in a calorie deficit and you're eating the way you should be eating, which means you're eating lean proteins, you're eating a lot of whole food sources, you know, 80% of the time, but you're also allowing yourself to enjoy foods that you love, you know, bagels, cookies, wine, pizza, you're still fitting that stuff in your, in your nutrition. So let's say the food quality is the same, uh, food choices are the same, but in one situation, you're in a calorie deficit, one situation, you're not, 
some differences that you'll notice is when you're not in a calorie deficit, you're probably not as hungry as often because you're eating more calories from meal to meal. So you're probably not going to ever get to a point where you're feeling like, oh, I'm just you know feeling a little low energy. So energy levels will probably be higher out of a calorie deficit. Again, this is all assuming that the food choices are the same. Uh, just to reiterate, if you're eating whole food balanced meals in a calorie deficit, but then you go to eating McDonald's and a lot of junk food when you're not, you're going to feel like shit when you're not eating healthy food. So let's just assume we're eating good quality foods and we're still allowing for flexibility, but the calories are just different. So when you're in a calorie deficit, some things you'll notice is obviously this means you're eating less calories than you burn. You'll probably notice weight loss on the scale. You will probably notice, uh, you know, clothes fitting better, noticeable changes in the mirror as far as, you know, seeing more definition in certain areas, noticing more tone. You'll also probably feel a little bit lower energy. Your strength won't increase as frequently or as much week to week when you're in a calorie deficit. Um, but overall, if you're doing a calorie deficit properly, you shouldn't feel lethargic. You shouldn't feel like you're starving. It's just no starving. It's just normal that if you're in a deficit, you're probably gonna be a little hungrier than if you're not because you're eating less calories. And you might have a slightly lower energy levels than if you are not because again, you're eating less calories. There's less fuel in the tank. Now, when you're not in a calorie deficit, let's say you were on a, uh, in a calorie deficit to lose weight and now you're kind of reverse dieting. Some notices that some noticeable changes that you'll see are sometimes when you increase those calories coming out of a deficit, you might actually notice that you tend to look even leaner because now you're fueling your body with more energy after it got used to burning, let's say 1700 calories a day and losing weight. And now you're introducing, you know, another 200, 300 calories to your day. Your, you know, strength and recovery is going to shoot up. And what that does is it helps support lean muscle. So you might actually build some lean muscle and actually notice that you're looking leaner, even though you're eating more. Now, on the flip side of that, when you're not in a calorie deficit, you can't expect the scale to go down or stay exactly the same week to week. When you're not in a calorie deficit, your weight should fluctuate anywhere between, honestly, one to five pounds on a weekly, daily basis. So that's why you can't get too obsessed with the scale. And if you are strategically you know, increasing your calories, meaning that you're doing it to initiate lean muscle mass, you're doing it to help reverse diet, it's totally fine to just not weigh yourself because it's not worth the stress, especially if you're a female and you're so used to focusing on losing weight. When you're coming out of a calorie deficit and reverse dieting and going into what's called like maintenance level calories, then you should notice uh, more energy and stuff. But again, the scale is not going to continue to drop. So how you would do this is basically, let's say you wanted to lose a substantial amount of weight. Let's say you wanted to lose 30 pounds, 50 pounds. You wouldn't just stay in a calorie deficit year round until you lose that 50 pounds. You would actually cycle your diet, meaning you'll go for a couple of months in a deficit followed by a couple of months or, or more at maintenance or in a surplus to initiate some lean muscle growth and to help, you know, increase energy, increase recovery so that you can then lose more weight when you go back into a deficit. So I hope that makes sense, uh, kind of explaining how the, the, how the process works, especially when I'm working with clients because everyone comes in expecting to go into a calorie deficit, start losing weight right away. For most people, you do need to bump that metabolism up by eating more calories. And that's what ha that's the main difference you'll notice from a calorie deficit versus not in a calorie deficit. You know, more energy when you're eating more calories, easier strength gains, 
Uh, but again, if you're doing this properly, you shouldn't really notice un a lot of unwanted weight gain when you're coming out of a deficit. So that was kind of a longer answer. I hope that answers your question, Kara. But again, uh, a lot of this stuff is very subjective uh, to the person. So, uh, you know, Kara is someone who I have actually been working with. So she knows the drill as, of, as opposed to not staying in a calorie deficit year round. But, you know, when you're, when you're eating more calories, especially as a female, and you're so used to constantly chronic dieting and starving yourself, when you first start eating more and that scale goes up, it freaks a lot of women out. So guys, if you're ever coming out of a deficit and you start introducing more calories into your diet, my advice to you is don't freak out about the scale or just avoid weighing yourself for a few weeks and just focus on getting stronger. Because when you're increasing those calories, you're gonna notice better strength gains in the gym. And like I said, at first, you'll probably notice that you look leaner even though you're eating more. And that's because it's initiating more lean muscle growth and it's also initiating better recovery and you know better workouts in the gym. So mostly energy and hunger are gonna be the two main differences between the calories that you're that you're eating. All right, let's see. We got a lot of questions here, a lot of good ones. Uh, let's go just go right to the next one, which is from Laura. So she just asked simple carbs versus complex carbs. So I'm not really sure like what the exact question is. Uh, maybe just my opinion on the on that whole deal. So again, uh, if you've listened to me ever or worked with me ever, you know I tend to give long-winded answers, but it's because I want you guys to fully understand this stuff. So Simple carbs versus complex carbs pretty much just has to do with the rate of digestion. So a simple carb is a carb that you can digest very easily and quickly. And a complex carb is, some, is a carb that takes longer to digest and it's a little harder for your body to do so. So neither one is better or worse. They just different in the they're just different in the rate of digestion. So a, a lot of times what you'll see is the example that will be used will be like simple carbs are like sugar uh, and and candy and all this stuff. And then the, on the other side of the graph, you'll see like sweet potatoes and whole grain bread and and and, and that stuff. So um, basically, a lot of times, simple carbs are demonized because they're associated with like table sugar and you know candy and stuff like that but realistically there's a lot of simple carbs that are very very healthy for you like fruit for instance is a simple carbohydrate it digests pretty fast if you eat uh, an apple you're not going to be full for hours you know it's it's it digests pretty quickly in your body now fruit also has fiber so it helps with you know keeping you full throughout the day if you're using that as a snack but you're never really no one's ever really going to eat a meal of fruit right you're not going to just eat an apple for breakfast or at least i hope you wouldn't because you want to have protein at each meal a complex carb is something that takes longer to break down so this could be something like potatoes uh rice pasta um, let's see, off the top of my head, bread, uh, things like that, more starchy or carb, carb sources. So neither one is better or worse when it comes to fat loss. Fat loss is only going to be based on your total calorie intake. So that being said, simple carbs, because they digest easier and quicker, they don't keep you full as long. So for most of those, they can uh, be easier to overeat on. But it doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means when you're eating those simple carbohydrates, you're probably just not going to be as full as when you're eating complex carbs. But as long as you're eating enough protein and you're controlling your calories, it's totally fine. And again, simple carbs, there's nothing to demonize about them. Fruit is a simple carbohydrate and, it and you know it's very, very healthy for you, basically. 
So the difference between complex and simple carbs basically just means the rate of digestion. And as long as your calories are in check and your protein is where it needs to be, it doesn't matter if you get most of your carbs from simple or complex. But if you are in a calorie deficit or, or not, and you're trying to stay full longer, you would want to make most of your carb source to be complex carbs. So that's going to be things like potatoes, rice, oatmeal, grits, pasta. That'll usually make up the majority of your carbs, not because they're quote unquote better. It's just because they tend to keep you fuller longer and they're more meal type carbs that you would eat. Again, on the other side, you have the more of the simple digesting carbs like fruit and sugars and things like that. So um, my main takeaway from this is don't overthink this stuff. Don't think that simple carbs are bad for you or that they spike your insulin and, and make you gain fat unwantedly. It's totally untrue. Um, you know, anything that digests quickly spikes your insulin. So if you uh, eat protein that digests fast, it still spikes your insulin. Insulin isn't a bad thing. Insulin is a good thing. Insulin only becomes a problem when you're over consuming a lot of calories and, you know, a lot of like processed foods and processed sugars. And then, you know, that that's what leads to type 2 diabetes. But again, the main problem there is the overconsumption of calories. So hope that answers your question, Laura. Uh, simple versus complex carbs. No, neither one of them are better or worse when it comes to fat loss. It just you know matters how many calories you're eating. And complex carbs generally keep you fuller longer. So those are going to make up the majority of your carb sources. Again, just because there tend to be more meal-sourced carbs, things that you would more realistically eat at a meal as opposed to like a snack. So uh, again, guys, if you see something that says it's a simple carb, it doesn't mean you run away from it. There's no nutritional difference between a sweet potato and a white potato. There's no reason that you need to eat brown rice instead of white rice. Just don't get caught up in that complex carbs bullshit. So let's go, let's see. I liked, uh, yeah, I liked this question from Sarah, which is some non-food rewards to work towards. Now, uh, I, I comment, commented back with her to, to kind of, you know, uh, confirm what she meant by that. So basically which the question is, is for a lot of people when they are on a you know, diet or they're trying to lose weight, they tend to be restrictive with their food choices and then they reward themselves with quote unquote cheat meals. So, you know, most people when they're trying to lose weight, they'll eat, you know, just egg whites and chicken and broccoli, you know, and salads the majority of the week. And then at the end of the week, they'll have a big cheat meal or a cheat day, or they'll be really, really strict for like three weeks. And then their reward is, oh, I get to eat whatever I want uh, on my birthday or, or Thanksgiving, whatever their end date is. So this can actually lead to a very distorted relationship with food. And, and it can cause a problem for a lot of people who don't know how to, uh, practice self-control and moderation. So if you just eliminate something from your life and then are constantly saying, that's my reward for doing this restrictive thing, then when the first time you eat that pizza or, or pie or cake, whatever it is, it's just going to lead you off the deep end because you've built it up in your mind so much. So I would advise not rewarding yourself with food. Um, Obviously, that's her question, but I'm just you know seconding it. Don't reward yourself with food, okay? It's, focus more on, you know, we'll go over some non-food rewards, but if you're not able to fit a glass of wine or have a bagel on your current nutrition plan, then you're honestly, you're doing nutrition all wrong. If you're completely in, eliminating things and 
not uh, letting yourself enjoy your meals and then you're just looking forward to this one cheat meal. It's not the greatest way to do things. It's not very sustainable. So my advice is first, before you start practicing any of these suggestions, is learn how to fit the foods you enjoy into your nutrition. Now, if you don't know how to do that, feel free to reach out to me. I'll help you or you know, uh, and give you some tips as to more specific individualized advice. But overall, again, if you can't eat a cookie while you're on a diet, then it's the wrong diet for you. You should be able to eat those things and just learn how to moderate them. So if you just learn how to do that right off the bat, that'll fix this the majority of this issue. Because if you're not rewarding yourself with food and you're allowing yourself to eat those foods on a day-to-day basis and they're not, you know, demonized or fetishized, then you're not gonna be, you know, uh, scheduling these cheat meals. You're just gonna live your life and learn how to fit things in. So the the biggest piece of advice I can give on this is guys, please just learn how to be flexible with your nutrition. Learn, set some basic non-negotiable ground rules. You know, I got to eat a protein at every meal. I got to drink, you know, a water or seltzer water at every meal to get the, you know, get my hydration up. I have to, you know, make sure I'm eating mainly whole food sources. And then if you if you happen to come across a cookie or you go out to eat at a restaurant and you have some nachos, whatever it is, it's not a big deal because the majority of the time you're not eating those high calorie foods. So. Again, long-winded answer. Uh, some non-food rewards to, to work towards. I, you know, these can be as small or as big as you want them. I prefer reward systems to be manageable and sustainable because if you're throwing yourself like a huge uh, party or you know going on a vacation every time you hit a milestone, it's only going to be sustainable for so long. So I would recommend doing small rewards. Um, it could be something as simple as you know. Okay, if I hit all four workouts this week, I'm going to get a massage or, you know, and this next one, focus more on the experience of it, not the actual food. So be like, oh, you know, if I get to the gym on, you know, Saturday morning, I'm going to go to my favorite breakfast spot, uh, you know, for breakfast with my husband, wife, best friend, whatever it is. Uh, and the reward is the experience of going out with someone that you like hanging out with, not the food that you order while you're there. But again, if we've already worked on establishing that you can eat a bagel, you can eat some pancakes while you're on a diet, then you know it's not fetishized when you go to that restaurant and get you know French toast or whatever it is. You're not going to then turn into a three-day binge because you understand that this fits into your calories. So um, I like to you know set rewards that have to do more with like experiences, you know. Do something that you enjoy doing and make that the reward. Um, it could be, you know, watching your favorite movie. It could literally be something as simple as making a check mark on a calendar at the end of the day if you had a successful, consistent day with your nutrition and your training. So I would set up little rewards that are more manageable and not base your rewards around food uh, based around, oh, I'm going to be perfect till Thanksgiving or I'm going to be perfect until the weekend. Focus more on experiences. So if you're going to, if you are going to reward yourself by going to a restaurant or getting your favorite drink, whether that's like a, you know a cocktail or a coffee drink, make it the experience. Don't just go through Starbucks by yourself and sit in your car and drink it. You know, go meet up with a friend and that's your reward. Or maybe um, you're going to plan, uh, you know, a day out with someone that you enjoy hanging out with, and you're going to plan that around your workout. So like, oh hey, let's go work out Saturday morning. And we'll go out, uh, we'll go on a hike afterwards or we'll go shopping, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's uh, every other month 
uh, you buy yourself a new, you know, workout shirt if you if you stick if you stay consistent, or maybe a couple times a year you buy yourself some new sneakers. Little things like that. Uh, reward systems don't have to be super complex. Uh, the simpler, the better is is my advice on that. And just don't make it all based around food. Make it more based around the experience around it. So again, if you're gonna get pizza, uh, you know, on a Saturday night. Go to your absolute favorite pizza spot, and uh, you know, go with someone you enjoy hanging out with, and and just enjoy the experience of it, not just the uh, the fact that you're now allowed to eat pizza. But again, this is all very fixable if you just fix your relationship with food and understand that you can eat all the foods you like while you're on a, a quote unquote diet. Awesome. So I'm getting some more questions than I thought in this episode. So let's see. Let's Maybe we'll do one more, and then we'll see. Let's see. I'm gonna scroll. Um, all right, we'll finish with this one because this is another really good question. Heather, uh, she said, I know you've touched on this before, but I think I need clarification. You talk about to, to lose weight, you need to be in a cal- caloric deficit. However, you also said that tracking calories burned from your workouts via an Apple Watch is inaccurate. So my question is, how do you know the correct amount of calories to consume to properly fuel your workout but still maintain a deficit so that's a very good question um the so this let's uh let me collect my thoughts for a second it is always you know it depends on the situation but again for this uh, how do you know you're in a calorie deficit and how do you know you're eating enough to fuel your workouts if you're basing these decisions strictly off your apple watch you are doing it wrong it can really actually hinder your results because like heather said and i've said before the calories burned on an Apple Watch or a Fitbit are not accurate. So if you're using that as a gauge for how much you should eat, then you're definitely going to end up overeating and it's gonna be harder for you to lose fat. So my advice to you would be, first, you need to be consistent because if you're consistent and you're eating in the same calorie range most of the time, you can easily tell if you're in a calorie deficit or not based on your monthly weight loss trends. Okay, so the the reason why this is becomes so difficult for people is not because it's hard to track the calories you burn. It's because people just aren't consistent, and they're either over they're too over restrictive when they're trying to lose weight, so it's not sustainable, or they just think they're being super consistent and they're actually only eating in a deficit two times a week. So then they're just going, "Well, I'm eating in a deficit." But my Apple Watch says I burn, you know, a thousand calories a day. I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. Well, it's because you might not be not only are you going based off an inaccurate calorie burn, but you're also not being consistent with your nutrition. So what you want to do is start. Um, let's say again, when I'm working with clients, there's a whole process to this because for most people, we have to build up their metabolism first. But let's just say, for argument's sake, you're someone who comes to work with me and we build up your metabolism over the first you know f- four weeks right and now we're going to go into a deficit i don't track the calories i burned i don't care how many calories uh you know it says you burn on your apple watch what i care about is your monthly trends so how you would do this is you would find out with your you would get an estimated calorie deficit because at the end of the day calorie deficits are always estimates and you have to track your results in order to see if it's actually a deficit so you would start with maybe your goal body weight times 12. That's usually a good general starting point. So let's say your goal body weight is uh, 150 pounds uh, times 12. That's uh, 1,500 uh, plus, that's about 1,800 calories, all right? 
So um, your, I think I did the math right. Yeah, 1,800 calories, right? If you go, I'm just going to do some math real quick on my phone. Sorry. This is probably fun to listen to. Goal body weight is 150 times 12. 1800 I was spot on. So if your goal body weight is, is 150, that would mean your calorie estimated calorie deficit is 1800 calories, right? So you would stay around 1800 calories consistently for three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, if your weight has overall gone down, then you know it's a calorie deficit and you keep going. And then you go do so until you lose, you know, uh, five, 10 pounds, whatever you're, you know, you get closer to your goal. So let's say if you were, um, uh, you know, whatever, uh, 180 and you want to get to 150, you would do your, you know, 1800 calories a day. You would do that for three weeks. You would say, okay, after three weeks, I was 180 on week one. Now I am 178. My weight is going down. I know I'm in a deficit. I'm just going to keep going. That's the easiest way to do it. You stay consistent with the calorie intake. Is your weight going down? It is, cool, that means you're in a deficit. Stay in there until you don't wanna be in a deficit anymore and then increase your calories a little bit to come out of the deficit by like 100 to 200 calories a day um, until your weight starts to stabilize. So the short answer to this would be, the way to know you're in a calorie deficit is are you overall losing weight month to month, week to week, you know? Um, don't base this off of one week's weigh-in. So that means if your weight doesn't go down one week, it doesn't mean you have to make any drastic changes. You got to look at your monthly trend. So if you're consistent, that's step one. You have to be consistent with your calorie intake. If you're not consistent, it does, none of this matters. So you're consistent with your calorie intake. Is your weight going down? If your weight's going down, it means you're in a calorie deficit. But you can only figure that out if you are being consistent. If you're not being consistent, then it's you know um, you're not going to get accurate data basically. Now, as far as fueling your workouts, that's going to that's gonna come based off of how you feel during your workouts. Are you, again, I, I can't stress this enough. The most important part is the consistency. If you're consistency, consistently eating in that calorie range, so if your goal is 1,800 calories, you're somewhere between 1,700 and 1,900 on a daily basis. If your energy levels in your workouts feel good, and your strength is either slightly going up or at the uh, you know at least not going down week to week then you know you're eating enough to fuel your workouts if you are feeling like shit and you're not getting stronger and you're just getting weaker week to week and workouts are not feeling good and you're feeling unmotivated now you know you're probably not eating enough so that means you got to take a look at your calories and think maybe I should be eating a little bit more again you cannot do any of this if you are not being consistent because you can't be eating all over the place and then look back at a, a, your month and go, well, maybe I should eat more calories. How can you say that if you don't have any idea how many calories you've been eating this whole month? So step one is figure out, you know, do, uh, if you're working with a coach, you know, like me, you know, calorie deficits, the calorie deficit calculators online are not great, but let's just say you needed somewhere to start. Goal body weight times 12, stay in that range 90% of the time. If your weight is continuously going down overall, you know, throughout the month, it means you're in a deficit. If it's not, it means you're not in a deficit. And if you've been being consistent, you could look at it and go, okay, if I'm not in a deficit, what does that mean? Does that mean I should eat less? Or do you take a look at your workouts and go, well, I haven't really been pushing myself that hard. I haven't been lifting heavier. You know, I'm, I'm not getting a lot of steps throughout the day. So in that situation, maybe we just increase your activity and we don't need to lower your calories. So I know this is a long answer, guys, but this is why coaching is so important. 
because we address all the stuff and and that's not a sales pitch it's just saying it's very subjective um but again calories burned on an apple watch or fitbit are not accurate so don't use those as a gauge of how much you should be eating first things first get consistent with your calories and your protein track your weight over the course of three to four weeks if your weight is consistently down not doesn't mean it has to go down every day or even every week but overall if it's consistently down then it means you're in a deficit and you can keep your calories there for as long as you'd like as long as you're feeling good um, and if your workouts are feeling shitty again if you're being super consistent and your workouts are feeling shitty it could mean that you're under eating or it could just mean maybe we're eating foods that aren't very uh you know uh fueling and we need to switch it up to eating some more you know fueling foods food so for example if you're eating cereal every day for breakfast and you're feeling low energy if we switch that to oatmeal you might have more energy because oatmeal is going to provide more nutri- more nutritional value keep you full longer and all that good stuff um so it, it sometimes it could be food choices sometimes it could be um, sleep, stress, that was going to affect your, that your workout performance. But overall, when you're tracking your calories, first of all, get consistent, then see, is your weight going down? If your weight's going down, it means you're in a deficit. If it's not, it means you're not in a deficit. Um, and that's not always a bad thing, guys. If you're someone who's looking to lose five, 10 pounds, most of the time, those five, 10 pounds are not worth stressing over. You should be focusing more on getting stronger week to week. And you'll notice your body composition change meaning you'll lose body fat, but no, but look leaner, but the weight not might not go down. So I know that's, again, that's a whole different topic for a whole other podcast, but I'm going to cut it there for now. I hope this was helpful. Let me know if anything I said didn't make sense. And as usual, please like, subscribe to this, and please share it with people. Um, the more people I can talk to, uh, the better. The more good information I can put out there, the better. And I appreciate your support, and we'll be back with part two.